As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Monday, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? I can't stop looking at the back, the wall in the back. You like that? There was a fresco in Andrew's room. <laughs> it's it's the Vegas experience. Like It's just amazing. Uh, it is the Vegas experience. Uh, I'm in here. I'm, I'm staring at the uh, Raiders uh, Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas outside of my hotel. Boo. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's <laughs> not a big Raiders guy. Me. Sorry. <laughs> um, man, it is an incredible place to be. I don't know how many of our listeners have been. Uh, I know McKellie has been. It's if you're an NBA fan. You just have to go at least one time in your life to NBA yeah. Summer League because it is like the closest experience to be with players and coaches and front office people are just wandering around and you can just go up and chat with just about anybody and you get to be real close to the to the court for a pretty cheap price and it's just an outstanding experience um, media wise. <laughs> Warren Legary, if you don't know who Warren Legary is, he's the guy who started the NBA Summer League back in 2004. He is just kind of around. He's a, a character himself in all of this. And he hosts like this big media party that happened last night at the Wynn Hotel. And it was the one of the weirdest environments ever. Um, it's like everything is free. It's like tons of food, open bar, like everything is just was there a ping pong game going on? 
I didn't. I did not witness a ping pong game going on. Oh, um, okay. But it's there's like a waterfall, and on the waterfall it says like NBA Summer League media party or something. I don't remember what it said, but it's like like over the waterfall, and there's like all these. I, I don't know. It's wow. wild. Jalen Suggs is walking through. Rui Hachimura is training with the DJ. Like I swear, he's up there with the DJ for like 20 minutes. I actually took a photo of him. I don't know if you guys can see this or not. Oh, my light's not letting me do it. But okay, there we go. This is Rui Hachimura uh, training with the DJ. It's just like feels like a dream. Like you like we wake up like, man, I was uh, just hanging out with... That was a weird dream. <laughs> with Tyler, I was hanging out with Tyler Parker and Shab Sharania. And we, you know, Rui Hachimura was training with a DJ. I mean, that's 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 the epitome of NBA Summer League right there. It's just such a such a wild time uh and everybody should should come to NBA Summer League at least once in their life. Yeah. And I I can't say who was the recipient of this uh sentence that I am about to say, but I had like some work that I did for Charles side and I just I was there and I just took a guy and said, "Hey, I have this research. Do you want to take a look at it?" And it was like an NBA uh, front office guy and he said, sure. Like it was a completely random thing. And the same you can do with European basketball. Like if you are a guy that want to make something in the league, uh, you have to go there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to work, you have to be present on Twitter, you have to uh, do something special, blah, blah, blah. But, but then being there, uh, it's, it's part of the deal. I, I remember I met Colt Swicker there. Yep. Who now works for the Rockets mm -hmm. and like many other guys who like sooner rather than later, they started working um, uh, with the team or just being around the league. Yep. So it's um, it's networking at the highest degree possible. Like yeah. if you if you really want to meet everyone, everyone is there. Like, again, it's not just NBA people. I met with NBL people. I met with Korean basketball people. Yep. Like it's I've already uh, I've connected with I've connected with some NBL people since I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh you can get the cards, you can you can call, you can try. I mean, we again we didn't make it as a chart side, but I had a lot of opportunities just for by being in Vegas at the right time. Yeah. And knowing the right people. But you know, uh that uh that is part of um have to put time in but uh it's a uh, it's a great great time uh and place to be uh if you are a basketball fan in general yeah it's incredible uh the thunder played one game here in vegas they play tonight against the orlando magic i think it's eight o'clock central six o'clock here pacific that'll be an interesting game but let's let's talk a little jabari versus chet uh, Jabari really wanted to make it a matchup between the two of them. One of the first mm. plays, I think this may be like maybe the third possession of the game. Chet's got the ball. He's bringing it up the court. And he's Jabari's yelling at his teammates, just me, just me on my own. Kept yelling that over and over again as Chet's getting ready to cross half court. And, you know, credit to him. He stopped him from scoring. Um but I thought it was an interesting matchup because they both really are trying to feel out the kind of players they are. And obviously, J-Dub guards him um, on the other end. But uh, what, was your, what were your impressions of that matchup? 
I mean, uh, it was clear that Jabari wanted to make an impression. Um, I mean, I know that his GM said on air that he doesn't care about the results of his shot, uh, which is fine. Um, I don't care either, but he was really forcing it. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe this is just him. Like, hoisting 19 shots, it's probably what Jabari should do in an NBA court. Maybe maybe with a little bit more uh, presence at the rim, but, uh, you know, uh, we... It's summer league. It's early, and 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 it's uh, probably also the chat factor. Um, regarding chat, I mean, I had the impression that at times he was a little bit hesitant on taking trees. Mark Few said the same uh, during his interview with um, with the telecast crew. Mm-hmm. Like he could have had like a few pull ups, um, but he for some reason he he wasn't like all that fiery in terms of three pointers yeah and i said the same on thunder after dark but it's uh it's good to restate here i think that the transition between the first half and the second one was impressive by chad hongren um the first half he was clearly feeling out how to play against a non-traditional center uh yeah. houston had zero big men uh they yeah. played tarizan and, and jabari who could play the three slash four in any nba team yeah. um and and he was just out of sorts in terms of how can i protect the rim mm-hmm. how can i be effective rebounding wise and then boom late second quarter and throughout the second half he was everywhere so it took me like by surprise, the fact that hey, he adjusts adjusted in the game in in the blink of an eye, and he was super effective in the second half. Um, I also like the fact that um, after a few possessions where he was guarded um, at the top of the key by uh, by some guy, he decided to pass the ball out, and then after a few possessions, said, "Well, maybe I can get closer to the basket and just." make a turn turn around hook shot which was pure so i i really like the fact that he is feeling out without overdoing it whereas like guys like gideon man were clearly not interested in doing less (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is which is completely okay uh i mean giddy was giddy was awesome Uh, i don't i don't particularly care about the fact that you turn the ball like crazy or that he the shot selection or shot distribution was not perfect he has this time to be like the lead guard period just just have fun yeah i loved it i want him trying stuff i don't want him to like why would you play conservatively in summer league like it's just no reason it's all about trying stuff it's all about trying to figure out what what your limits are you know and he's starting to figure that out a little bit which i think is cool i mean the wraparound pass that he had off the drive for the chet dunk was just like wow yeah, you know, and he and Chet are. I I love that they're that Giddy's playing. I don't know if Giddy's going to play tonight or not. I would hope that he would, just because they're. And I would, man, if I were to make a guess, I would guess that he would play tonight, just because I I think you want to play against Orlando. I think that that's yep. that's what you want. I don't. And if these players say like, oh, I don't care who I'm playing, I just. Want to go out there and try my best? You know, no, you want to play against the number one pick in the draft and you want to yeah. see what you got against him. And I think Giddy wants the same. And I also th- feel like there might be an element of like Giddy knows that he's going to play with Chet for a long time and he wants to like get the ball rolling with those yeah. two as far as chemistry goes because it's not, they don't have like the most natural chemistry together. 
And it's mm-hmm. going to take some time for them to kind of figure out how to play together. And to me, a lot of that will hinge on Chet just like being willing to like just be a screen setter at times mm-hmm. for Josh. Whereas, I mean, I've been a little surprised. Chet has kind of wanted the ball at the elbow and has wanted to go try to create. You know, they mm-hmm. would, they would, were throwing entry passes to him a ton in that Houston game at the elbow and then he was going and trying to create from there. I don't honestly love that that much. I think it's good that he can do that. I think they were doing it a little bit too much. Uh, You don't like the Dirk fadeaway? uh, What I like is... Are you an NBA fan? (laughs) Like, it's not that. What's happening here? No, I just want... I want he and Josh to have some chemistry to work together a little bit because it it would just make... it It just makes Chet's job a lot easier. You know, but the the fact that Chet has all that he does in his bag already is pretty astounding. I mean, just the spin move in itself is going yeah. to be a weapon when he like truly figures out how to use it against NBA level competition and who he can do it against, who he can't. Uh, yeah, he's the skill stuff for him has been quite impressive. Even just, I mean, just watching him dribble the ball up the court. The way that he mm-hmm. has in summer league, he just looks really fluid. I mean, that's if you just want to end the comp of like Porzingis or whoever else that people like to compare him to, just watch him grab the ball off the rim and dribble it up the court. It looks so fluid, so natural. It doesn't look like why is he doing this? So he looks like Lamar Odom yeah, when, uh, when Odom would do it. Is not maybe where it should be uh, in terms of like being able to really secure it against lead. Um, def- elite defender like Jabari, it was it was <laughs> peculiar that all the the guys in the telecast, both here in Vegas and in Utah, said, "Well, this is how you beat Chuck Holmgren. and you double him at the top of the key." Like, yeah, what? Well. Like, yeah, sure, great. You're talking about like <laughs> like uh, doubling a guy who is seven one at the top of the key because you are already afraid um, of his. Um, He's got moves. Creation. He's got moves. Yeah, yeah. He's got moves and he will get better at that. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean uh, by saying that you don't want to, him to be at the elbow. I don't want him to be at the elbow in the first probably 18 seconds of the possession either. Yeah. Like this is what it should be. Um, you want him to try stuff even, even, even like that in summer league. But I agree that the thing that we have in mind and, and, the plan that OKC should have seems to have with all these creators. Um, mm-hmm. It's hey, let's create something for eighteen. Try to create something for eighteen seconds, and then if nothing works, you have Shaying and Chet that can, I mean, create something for you. Or you have J Dub, who is an insane cutter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> can just be in the perfect place at the perfect time. I mean, I'm so impressed. By by J Dub, um, yeah. which I don't like as a, as a nickname, but I mean, I'm getting used to it. It might just be. It's what better it is. than Clara. It's better than Santa. So um, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, I know that someone is is proposing Jalenate. It's too much. Uh, no one will call him. That's too hard to say. That's way too hard to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's to be honest, I'm. I, I need to say this because yesterday I was texting with you and I, I made a very weird tweet, uh, text that I think that you, it took you 
three minutes to understand what I was saying, said, Andrew, I'm really afraid to say it out loud, but I think that Jalen Williams is similar to Andrew Robertson. And you said, on defense? said, no, on offense. You see the, the <laughs> cutting instincts that, Michele, what are you saying? Like, <laughs> no, but if yeah. you stay with me for a second, I mean, Dre was a very bad offensive player for everything except screening and cutting, which there he was one of the best in the league. Um, he was able to make all the cuts, all the move uh, off the ball. Uh, it was just that, like, no one, no one really cared. Mm -hmm. uh, Jalen Williams seems to have the same kind of ability to read the defense and to just move at the perfect time, yeah. which is such an interesting uh, skill for a guy who I figure he was like a non-ball first kind mm -hmm. of guy, mm -hmm. and instead his off-ball instincts are insane. Yeah. And right now he's not using the spot-up tree, which seems to be part of his game. So oh, it's a weapon, yeah. Yeah, if you put the two things together, the fact that he's an insanely good cutter, and, and again, you you can't do a cut like that if you're not good at it. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen by chance. Mm -hmm. You have to see it. I mean, Terrence Ferguson was never able to do cuts like that. Yeah. So um, I'm really, really impressed. The defense on Jabari was really interesting. I mean, yeah. Jabari is not the fastest guy, so maybe this is the exact type of player that Jalen is good at guarding. Well, he's got no handle, but too. Still. Jabari just won't yeah. won't put the ball on the floor because he knows he's going to get stripped. Like, he can't, yeah. cro he can't cross over anybody. He can't really handle. He can't really get to the hoop. And so he... I agree that I, I think we might be overrating Jalen defensively from that game because mm -hmm. all you have to do is get up in his space and take away like any any sort of airspace he has to create or to dribble because he does have Jabari's got a couple moves off the dribble that he will do, yeah. and if you just take away his airspace right away, he can't get to them, and so he's either gonna yeah. have to pass or try to shoot over you. And he tried to shoot over him once, and he got a shot blocked, which was really fun to see. I what I want to see out of J Dub is can he guard guys off the dribble like can he guard a wing like a good ball handling wing you know that has some like, like Levine some, Levine would be a great example of that that's where and people were kind of giving me crap because the other day I was like I don't know if he can guard those kind of guys but we haven't seen him yeah. do that and he and to his credit he's going to be a player and I said this I think the night of the draft or the the next few days like he's going to play in a lot of different spots I mean they started him at the four and yeah. it didn't hinder them at all. He's going to play one through four for the Thunder. I mean, that's what's that's what's going to happen is that he can just plug in anywhere. He can play a role where he's on ball. He can play a role where he's off ball. He can play a role where he's a wing or he's uh, you know small ball four. He can do a lot of things for you. And he personality wise too. Everybody is going to love this guy. He is such a great person and so polished. Uh, he's going to be a fan favorite, not only for his play on the court, but the way he relates to people off the court. This guy's incredible. Uh, I'm very, I'm, you have to be excited as a Thunder fan to watch him play and say, oh my gosh, like he is, what is he already? Like the fifth or sixth best player on the team. And I think that there's room for upside for him too. Uh, it, and athletically, 
he's not a great athlete, but I think he's maybe a little bit better than we had anticipated because he loves to dunk everything. Yeah. And I, he's so much fun to watch, too, because he just likes to grab and just, you know, pull the rim. You know, some guys just like to just throw it down and just be done. But he yeah. pulls on the rim. He's an emphatic dunker. It's so fun. He is so yeah. much fun. I am. You have to just be ecstatic. And I, I can't remember who it was. I'd love to give them credit, but um, maybe it was Stephen Dolan. It said something like, if if we had just traded three picks for him and then taken Jang at 12, the optics feel a little bit better around <laughs> the draft, <laughs> which I, I get. It, it probably would feel it would feel different. It would be like, oh, of course they traded three picks to get this guy. You know, he's amazing. Uh, so, yeah. Come on, Jay. Oh, Jay Smith here. You can't here. say that, Jay. <laughs> Jay Smith in here in the chat saying, quick 2022 redraft. Follow Chad J-Dub. Yes. Maybe maybe even J-Dub number one. Who knows? Yeah, I also think that this is op- these are like uh, optics short term, but optics long term, you can probably go back and say, hey, Jang was full of potential. Yeah, and there was a lot. There were a lot of guys, so it was fine to. It, it's like the Poku one. Ooh, yeah. like it was okay to spend two picks on Poku. Um, now, if I'm say, if I say to you, hey, we we had like two picks for JRE, and I'm guarantee you now the JRE is a ten year veteran. You would say, yeah. come on, that's mm-hmm. that's that's a horrible tra- a horrible draft. Uh, so it's it's probably right to say, hey, I'm paying for the upside guy, uh, and I don't. But but Presti made it clear, like, yeah, we wanted to take both, and probably the reason why they didn't uh, do as you mentioned is because New York really picked Jeng. And then they closed with the last minute offer. That may be a reason. Like New York yeah. said, okay, there are two teams that won Jeng. Let's take Jeng. And you we just have to just- think, yes, you just have to think about it that they traded three most likely non lottery picks so they could pick twice in the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a little bit like the, the Paul George trade to the Clipper. It's really not like it at all, but it's a little yeah. bit like you. You get one because you're and you're getting the other one too, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's a yes, it's a way to say hey, this this should feel good because we 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 spend a lot of that for actually Kawhi and and Paul George, but OKC said okay, no, you spent just for for my player, <laughs> so I'm entitled I am entitled to say no. Yeah, it's just a PG trade. Um, so the Knicks can say no, it's just really one. Uh, yeah. You can say it was two, but uh, it's really one. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited by um, by what I saw uh, from J Dub. Now, yeah, uh, the thing that I really like is the fact that you can see those things working. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I always say in summer league, uh, you should focus on what that player uh, was thought not being able to do. Yeah. And it starts showing something about that. Yeah. Or just to see things that are um that you can repeat. Mm-hmm. And the cutting, you can repeat. The positional defense, you can repeat. The spot up shooting, you can repeat. Um it's a little bit similar, like the opposite of what what uh it was the summer league for Trey Young uh five years ago. Like he was horrible, yeah. but you could see the the, the passing being there. And 
and you just saw the shooting and say, okay, it's not working, but he's getting the shots off. And we know that he's a great shooter. So eventually these, these numbers are really not interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, with Jab- and you can say the same about Jabari, like Jabari, those shots will go in. Rafstone is right about that. Uh, but the fact that he's not getting to the basket should be seen as, okay, we had that warning and that warning is still very much there. Mm-hmm. Um, the same with Chet. Like we had the warning that, hey, bulky player may have the better hand against him. Yeah. It's something that it's it's a question that is still lingering there. Um, and with J Will, uh, with J Dub, sorry. Um, um, it's, I just saw things that you can translate to a normal NBA game and say, yeah, I trust that to work. Yeah. He's like a young Kenrich Williams with more upside. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And size and more size because that is important the, as well. The length is a big deal. Yeah. Shall we talk about the last comment and about Jeng? Because I think that um, we have to put some Jeng faith in our um, in our listeners. Yeah. I mean, I'll let you go because you're higher on Jeng than, than I am. So I'm still uh, on the, if you have to pick two, just one could have been AJ Griffin. Um, So I'm not saying that uh, Jeng is better than AJ today because AJ didn't play a single second. We haven't seen him play yet, which is a a shame. Yeah. Yeah. And and because Jeng didn't shine, but he was not afraid at all to take three-point shots. And he was pretty quick in taking those, Mm -hmm. which is something that you have to keep in mind because a part of the game is, hey, you really need to, to be able to take a shot in any case. And Jeng is pretty fast, which is something that I didn't necessarily expect uh, to see. So being able to take those shots, already like good, a good stuff, not a great one because he missed a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Second, the, um, the, Rockets, the Rockets game especially, he was able to create from the dribble, from the top of the key, that part of his game I really liked. Yeah. There was a moment where he did a Euro in Utah, but it seems like something like just there by by error. And instead, against the Rockets, he started to show a little bit more juice of the dribble, which is something that is part of the allure with Jang. He's mm-hmm. a good passer. Uh, he already threw like a few good passes and alley-oop, like a couple of other stuff. But this is all gravy because the great part is the defense. I yeah. did not expect his defense to be that good that early. Yeah. Now, you're probably scratching your head and saying, what is he talking about? Just look at the rotations. Um, like young guys will struggle mightily in two different stuff. One, stay in front of quicker guys. Yeah. B, rotate when it's time. And Jeng can master that already. Like he made a few rotations where he was far away from his men. And as soon as he recognized that the ball was coming to him, he was able to close the gap and being in his back with the arm in his, like at the contact with his back immediately. Like it's these things are extremely important because if he, if he, if he'll be able to stay on the court defensively, I guarantee you 
Dagnold will give him minutes uh, over other guys. So without a doubt, um, without a doubt, I think that I mean he's shown that with Baisley that just defense gets you on the court, and if yeah. he trusts you defensively, you will play. And I think that he, I mean, I can already confidently say I think that he's got just way more of an offensive game than Baisley does. I think that he's kind of the everything that we've kind of thought about Poku and what he could be. I think Jang might actualize that because he's already further along in his development than Poku was wow. when Poku came to the Thunder. And I'm not saying like we should slam the book shut on Poku today, but Jang is like this giant. I mean, I think he's legitimately 6'11". I think he's going to be seven feet tall, like the seven foot wing ball handler passer uh that can defend and that's the thing that he's shown and poku's had some decent stretches of of defense but jang at 19 being able to slide his feet using his length using what athleticism he does have to stay in front of guys is pretty crucial and i think that he i think he'll play with the blue this year i don't think that he's a guy that's gonna dodge the blue because he's so good i i think that he needs reps i think that's one thing that he needs once he gets to the NBA is let's get this guy on the court, let him yeah. play. And there may be stretches even at the beginning or I don't know when, but the, he, he'll play for the blue and it won't be, I don't think it's a bad thing for him in particular because he is the youngest guy on the team and he needs to just get experience. I yeah. think it, I just, you can't, you can't let him ride the bench. Um, you can't let him be a player that just sits because you don't have the minutes for him. You need to let him play all year. And if they do that, I, I think that that kind of investment will help him quite a bit. You know, there's a lot of people that believe in him. I talked to Mike Schmitz for a while about him. And Mike is like one of the best guys in the business. Yeah. And Mike had so many good things to say about the kind of guy that Usman is and the kind of player that he thinks he can be. Uh, he he absolutely loved what the Thunder did in the draft. Like he, Mike was just glowing about what the Thunder did. Um, so it's it's going to take time with Jang. You know, it's it's a part it's a part of his development though. Is that he's he's young. He's still like obviously growing. Um, uh-huh. but it's it's important to stay at least a little bit patient, but also knowing. That Jang's got some skills that will get him on the court this year in a context that like makes sense toward building a team that's going to win games. Not that they're going to win this year, but like down the road, I think he'll maybe contribute to a to a winning environment. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, and there are other guys that showcased a lot in these few summer summer league games. I mean. Aaron Wiggins look like looks like a very NBA ready guard. I almost and I almost talked about Aaron Wiggins off the top because he's been one of the guys that I've been most impressed with here in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. He's just stronger. You can see that he is he has work on his body quite a lot. Yeah. He's like bigger than last season, definitely. Um the shot looks different. 
uh, is not as flat. I know that you mentioned that uh, probably either on Twitter or on, on our group chat, but I yeah. completely agree with you. It looks so um, much better. It looks yeah. so, so much better. I was, that's the thing that, that to me was the thing with him because he's a good defender. He knows how to play. Like you can just watch him say like, this guy knows how to play basketball. Um, but the shot was just, that's going to be it. It's going to determine if he's a three-year pro or a 13-year pro. Yeah. And the shot looks really good. I was talking to, gosh, who was I talking to? Somebody that I think they work for a team, but talking about Wiggins and how he was actually a pretty good shooter his freshman year at Maryland. Yep. And then his shooting kind of regressed as his time went on there. And now they, they're like, yeah, this actually looks like his shooting did because he became a better basketball player as he went on. His shot just kind of faded some. They said mm -hmm. now this he's kind of putting it all back together where he the shot looks really good. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of people that have been very impressed with Aaron Wiggins, even though he's what, like, like the fourth or fifth most interesting guy on this Thunder team, maybe even further down the list. But he's he's a guy that people are talking about here in Vegas as someone that, you know, has been looking good, like looking like an NBA wing, looking like somebody yeah. that can really contribute to a roster. And it it's a great problem to have, but they're exactly. the roster the roster crunch is it gets even more complicated because he's a guy that I don't think that we baked in when we talked about oh uh, here's like the roster crunch with minutes and with you know who's gonna make the team and it also like Lindy Waters looks all right too you yeah. know there's they're just doing too good of a job developing these guys at some rate where one of those guys is going to be let go maybe yeah. not now but down the road one of these guys is going to be good whether it's Lindy or Aaron or whoever it is and they're just you have to let good players go whenever you're bringing players that are better you know it's yeah. just it's just interesting and you know Wiggins makes things just like a, a tinge more complicated but a tinge better for the Thunder yeah and again um I know that we in our mind every player we we make a connection and so it's sad yeah. to see Steven going but even like think about Steven he went away what's three seasons ago yeah uh, it was a sore moment but also i mean it's okay you can you can still enjoy when he when you see him on the court so yeah okay maybe maybe next year you will see aaron wiggins being just too good to be left off of the, of the court and then maybe you go to Cambridge and say hey nice having you here but this guy is better yeah and we just don't have space for you we feel that we are wasting your career so mm -hmm. let's find you and I'm, I'm using Kenrich because I think that he's beloved and he's a player that um I mean makes sense in any team mm -hmm. so uh you can make right to him putting him in the best place for his career and maybe he will blossom in another team but like this is life and yeah, yeah you want wiggins to be good you just don't want to have tail maladon being like okay you can cut him no that that you never want that yeah you you always want to have the problem because if you have you have the problem maybe you can get a second rounder for a guy like basely or a bit crazy or tail maladon or aaron wiggins mm -hmm. maybe a first 
for Cambridge. So that, that seems too much today. But, uh, you know, it's... Um, At the it's deadline, smart. it might not be. And th- they're going to have to make a decision on a guy like Kenrich, who I, I don't know what they're going to do with him in the rotation, you know, because you do have a lot of young guys that mm-hmm. deserve playing time, that deserve to have a chance to be on the court. And Wiggins is one of them. Um, and you kind of are collecting players that do similar things to Kenrich and J-Dub and, and Wiggins. Like they kind of fill a similar space on the court you can never have too many of those guys though. You know, mm-hmm. once you're competitive and I feel obviously I feel like way more confident that Kenrich could contribute to like winning right away more so than both of those guys just because mm-hmm. they they need to be put to the test. But he's also not a bad guy to have around to like, "Hey, let me show you guys how to do this sure. over the course of 82 games." Because this is it's a hard thing to do to stay locked in and Kenrich, like, just don't underestimate Kenrich being around. I mean, it, it, he's he's someone that I think sets the tone for how these guys play and how they handle themselves in the locker room and how they conduct themselves. So I think that he's he's almost like an assistant coach to a degree, but obviously yeah. a guy that can play still. And he and he help he just generally helps on the court too. I think early on you're gonna want to get him out there with Chet and with J Dub sure. and with Giddy. No, no, I, I, you know, I I do think down the road though you're gonna have to make a decision. But right away, he's somebody no, that no, just helps. I, he he helped Poku a lot last year. Yeah. You know, play passable basketball just yeah. because he's out there on the court telling him where to be and how to rotate. And that that kind of stuff is important whenever you have a team full of nineteen and twenty year old guys. Yeah, and again, I, I mentioned I mentioned Kenrich to make to make it like the worst possible scenario in terms of beloved guy that goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same. Um, I feel that he has a role, and um, like you can you can you can say JRE you can say Trey, even Trey Mann is not guaranteed to be in the long term process of the league because of the team because if Cheng uh, and Dort and J Dub they all blossom into incredible players that you have to play twenty five or more yeah what it's Trey Mann in f- at five minutes of the bench mm-hmm. so um, the roster will change a lot I mean yeah. Think about the first version of OKC. I mean, there were top five pick that went away just to shuffle things around. Yep. Um, so it's it's going to be this year. It's going to be probably an easy process. I mean, if um, the two veterans plus Krejci, Maldon, and and Ty Jerome go away, and mm-hmm. you remain with everyone else, yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. It's it's easy. Yeah, uh, you can you can cho- you can choose between Krejci and another guy, but it doesn't make really a difference uh, in the um, grand scheme of things. So this year it's easy, um, and if you can develop like a players maybe playing um, 50, 60 games each, and you have part of the seasons where you play more and part of the season where you play less, that is a way to do it. Um, maybe next year there will be like decision time for a lot of these guys. Uh, And it might just be pecking order. Like maybe Jerry doesn't see the court because he has like great players ahead of him. 
Yeah, it's, it's possible. Not, yeah, everything is possible. And the fact that we see guys like J-Dub playing and say, I kind of like the look of it mm-hmm. uh, in, in two spots. That That is a great news. And um, and yeah, uh, I'm I'm really excited uh, to see another game tonight um, because it's um, it's more discovery season. Yeah. So it's um, it's going to be a very very interesting summer after summer league because it's um, oh yeah. I mean, we can we can just let our minds go and and dream about what it is going to be when Shea plays with these guys. Because the reality is, yeah, you can say, yeah, Chet was passive, but you can also say, hey, Giddy didn't really create a good pick and pop option for him yeah. in any of his possessions. No, like they didn't Shea. really work together. It was, and and that's yeah. kind of Summer League though, is that yeah. people forget that Summer League is one-on-one defense one-on-one offense and there's not a lot of actions being created like you forget that like it's not like the nba coaches that are coaching these teams it's assistant coaches it's development coaches in the case of cam woods like he's a a player development coach um speaking of cam woods uh we got to talk to him the other day i got to kind of speak to him a little bit away from the group too uh he's He's incredible. I really like him. Um, great, great guy. I think he's doing a good job. His story is just kind of fascinating. I don't know how many people know how he got kind of brought into the Thunder, but Cam played for the Oklahoma City Blue for a long time and played for Mark with the Blue, which is oh. just kind of crazy to think about. And then Cam became like an assistant coach for the Blue got brought up to the thunder and now he's um you know coaching the summer league team and as a player development coach on the thunder and he just kind of spoke to me about how much they invest not only in the development of players but in the development of coaches and the development of people within the organization which i think is pretty rare uh it's just so interesting because when you think about the G League, I think you just think about players and you think about discovering players like Lindy or you think about sending down your first round picks or your second round picks to get them experience there. But I mean, you are seeing the Thunder use the G League to affect their entire organization. I mean, you have Mark Degnault, yeah. for crying out loud, as your head coach who was brought in to the G League and... I mean, that was Mark's first head coaching job, period. Like, that's what was coaching the blue. It was his first head coaching job. Uh, and then Cam Woods is another is another one. Um, Cam is a giant, too. I think he's like six foot nine. Um, so it's kind of funny talking to him as the coach where I'm just like looking up at him. Um, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's a great dude. Uh, I did want to talk about Trey Mann a little bit. I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts. To to me, it looks Trey is such a rhythm guy, and like that's so obvious whenever you watch him, uh, especially when you watch him like against the Heat when he had the twenty point quarter and he did the same thing against the Celtics. Uh, he's just so like rhythm based, and yeah. he it feels like he's got no rhythm right now. I don't know if that's him being sick and then like trying to get back from that. I don't know what it is, but to me, he just appears to 
not have his rhythm and I'm not worried. It doesn't like concern me, but just when I watch him, like, Oh, like he's losing his handle on a crossover. Like that's not him. Um, yeah, there's just something that's just a, just a little bit off with him and it doesn't concern me, but I do think that it's something to monitor. Yeah. It's something to monitor. It's something that if it lasts to through preseasons, that I would be extremely surprised yeah. uh, about. Um, I'm miffed. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I wanted to say to see Trey cooking, yeah. um, but it's it's not what we get to see, uh, and it's fine. I mean, it's again when he had a good in rhythm catch and shoot three, it was all butter. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried. Yeah, by any stretch of imagination. Again, I'm I'm more miffed that I I expected him to roast summer league because mm-hmm. he definitely can, and it and he's not doing it. But it I, it's it doesn't change the projection uh, on him. I think that he if he puts together his his ceiling, he's an incredible score, mm-hmm. like just incredible because he can get a shot against anyone. Um, and so defensively, he was clearly not interested in playing any defense. Um, <laughs> he was really playing like touch defense, like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm touching the guy, but oh, oh no, he's no longer here. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he's playing like that defensively, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fine. Um, so it's it's TBD on Trey Man. We'll see. Like tonight, he can go for forty-five. Like he can just yeah. If Giddy is not there for some reason, or the, the first game that he plays and Giddy doesn't, I fully expect him taking twenty-eight shots. Um, I love that. And I'd love to see that. I would love to see Chet set a screen for him. And no, I give think him some that Chet options. will play as long as Giddy plays. That's possible. I. I don't know. I don't know what yeah, the yeah. what the plan I is. I want to see J Dub screening for Trayman and see what happens. Hmm. I think that J Dub would be very willing to do that. Uh, Hoopsock sixty nine in here trying to rile me up. He said, "I want I want the Thunder to get a star player that isn't a good interview or a great guy just to see Andrew's head explode." Andrew's uh, head didn't explode in twenty. 20- 12, 13, 14, 16, 15. I missed someone in the number. Like, come on. That's, that's. You're talking about Russell Westbrook. How dare you? <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, and I was talking to somebody from another team about this yesterday that the Thunder care so much about the quality of the person. Yeah. And that. Literally every single guy on the team is like a good person. And like that is not just bias coming from somebody that like sees the team and talks to them and whatever. And they may be just showing me like the best side of them that comes from other teams that are interviewing these guys. And they're like, man, like the Thunder just have quality people from top to bottom. And it's clearly something that they care about. It's clearly something that they're doing intentionally. Uh, And not that it matters that these guys are great people, you know, to like our podcast or whatever. But I do think that it matters in terms of chemistry, in terms of bringing in young people to a group that feels like a group and doesn't feel like it's already got this hierarchy within it. 
because I don't necessarily think that they treat Josh and Shay and those guys all that differently from the other guys. Like they're just part of the group. They're just one of the guys. And I think that that's pretty important um, to what the Thunder are building. So uh, anything that you're looking for in this Palo matchup? Um, I want to see if Chet takes the assignment. I think it will, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. That is something that um, I'm really curious of. I'm If he's not Chet, then I wonder uh, if J-Dub takes another crack at it. Oh, just man. starting at the four and see. Um, I, I can see Jeremiah answer. starting in this game just to play against Paolo. Mm, just because... Uh, I know boring, you, boring. It may I be boring, but that. dude... He is so impressive, just how big he is, like his shoulders yeah, alone, yeah, and how like he is one of like Nemias Keita is probably like the only other guy here that you're like when you see them step on the court, you're just like whoa. Um, so I I think that you need somebody with a bigger body, like a bigger barreled chest, like JRE. By the way, JRE is in great shape like he yeah. looks really really good yes still boring. boring i don't want to see him i i i i already know how he defends he will be great i don't yeah. want to see that yeah uh, it's 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 um yeah i know that paulo is huge that's yeah. why i want to see either chat or, J- or jade up taking taking their turn and see yeah like if they are overwhelmed that's a good data point if somehow Paolo put the shoulder on J-Dub and he doesn't flinch. That is a great data point to yeah. have. Um, so uh, I just, I just, um, I just want to see that. Um, I also want to briefly answer um, Alex Bullerjack question. Mm-hmm. He asks, legitimately curious, why Giddy is playing? Mm-hmm. I think it because he he loves to play. Yes, he wants to he play. Lo- Yes. He wants to play at all times. Now, I think the next year he will be grounded. So there will be yeah. no chance for him to play in Summer League. Mm-hmm. Um, probably this year said, okay, what if you play a couple of games in Utah just to fill out? No, yeah, yeah, sure. Now I'm playing every game that I want. <laughs> kind of thing. It's, it is <laughs> legitimately, I mean, I didn't. we didn't know if he was going to play the other night. And he just... Ran out the tunnel wearing his warm ups. Like, I, I guess Giddy's gonna play. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't play tonight, but I'd be a little surprised if he didn't. I just think that, I think there's just a part of him that wants to, because, and I, th- I don't know that this is for a fact, but I can imagine that last year's experience is part of why, where he yeah. gets hurt in the first five minutes and doesn't get to showcase anything he can do. And people like watching him here in Vegas. Like the crowd yeah. gets up for him and he loves that. You know, when he has a crazy yeah. pass or a spin move or has a dunk and the crowd goes wild, like he is eating that up. You yeah. know, he can. And, and there was also a part of him that says, Hey, I am younger than Paolo, Chet, Jabari, Jade, and Ivy, and I'm so much better than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's wild that he's younger than Chet. Yeah. And he's, he's I'm not just sure he's really younger good. than Paolo and Jabari though. I don't think Maybe he's, Jabari not. he's not he's definitely not younger than Jabari. Um he and Paolo are 
I think about the same age. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. Um, he just is so smart. He's just, and he just has this baseline, has this floor that's just elevated from almost everybody, yeah. and he's got to figure some stuff out. But his handle's gotten better. And we're, I'm, we're going to go here in a second. But his handle's gotten better. His he's definitely stronger than he was last year. And yeah, like those two things, like those, are really great stepping stones. I know that we'd love to see the shot be the one that steps forward, but he's able to get past guys in a way that he didn't last year and able to get to the rim in ways that he didn't last year. The ring. Get to the ring. ring. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Get to the ring. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to our show. Uh, This will be our last podcast in Vegas. Actually, maybe not. Actually, maybe not. Um, But we'll see. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Please uh, follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want a Chet shirt, go to our Twitter account at Down2Dunk. And you can pre-order that today. This is We're going to lock these down. You won't be able to get them. So if you want one of our Chet shirts and one of our Thunder U shirts, they're, we're printing like high-quality shirts. Um, Taylor Dickerson is, is getting those printed for us. And they're high-quality, just beautiful shirts. If you want one, you need to go order it today. This is Monday, July 11th. Go order it today because you're not going to be able to get them after this. You may never be able to get them again just based on the fact that anytime that we print a shirt about a a player, their agent likes to uh, send us little notices that we can't print those shirts anymore. So please go do that today. Hope you guys have a great day. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.